quite amazing. Ask not what your boss voice can do for you. Okay. Yo, 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 here we go. Welcome to the Haas Boys Podcast. My yeah. name is Max. I got on my right, Mike. Hey. And I got on my left, Parker. 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 <laughs> welcome, you guys. And welcome all to the listeners. We're happy <laughs> we are back. It's been a while since we've been together or at least been here just by ourselves. Yeah, yeah it was like one off and then one on and then one off again. We got invaded by a British guy. Are we falling apart? And then <laughs> last week, Mike was gone. It's just great to just have us back together. Oh. He's a shining beacon. Yeah. Oh. And these are our friends. That's but, tender. But, the, but, they're, but Mike? New friends, old friends, but they're not as good as Mike. I'll, I'll accept it. Here's a question for you guys. Recently, we did a Would You Rather, and that was kind of fun. We did it with our new friend, Henry. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Mary, bang, kill, <laughs> Gunter, Mick, and Kevin. Uh, Mary, Gunter, yeah. bang, Mick, Mary... <laughs> I don't know. Where I'm you have at. to yeah. kill one of them. Oh, bang, Kevin, kill Mick. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then you're marrying Gunter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know Mike. about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mike, uh, Parker, I was thinking similarly. As I was driving over tonight, as I do, I play this game every week with myself. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, <laughs> staring off into space, smiling. Same three people. Mm. I think Same I three would, options. What are you would, feeling this week, Max? I would kill Mick just because rumors he's leaving. I think... Sure. I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> Again. And then bang Gunter. Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. And then I'll marry, I'll, Kevin. I'll marry Kevin. I was okay. thinking because he's a driver. He's gone a lot all year. Okay. So I'd have a lot of the year to myself. And then when he's around, <laughs> it's, the it's probably a chill hangout. Yeah, yeah. Out on the sea. Yeah. He seems like a really chill guy. Yeah. Kevin yeah, is a sure. hottie. Hashtag. Yeah, yeah. Hot, hot. He's a hot. Don't hot. lick Mick. But we're licking him. We're, yeah, don't lick Mick. Kill him. <laughs> I, I think I would probably, I'd probably off, uh, I'd, I'd kill off Gunter on this one. What? Who, you just like the young guys. And then I might marry, Ke- uh, Ke- uh, what's his name? Mick? Mick. <laughs> and then I'd probably bang Kev. So here's the reason why, though. <laughs> Hear me out. Gunter's on his way out. What? He's an older soul. He's hired the right staff. Haas mm. is going to survive. It'll have the spirit of Gunter. He'll live on as kind of okay. like like he died of a, uh, a hero. Of old age? Of, what are we talking about? He's not that old. <laughs> no, but I'm saying he would die a hero rather than live long enough to see himself He'd become, become a martyr a villain. and we could put his face on the livery. Okay. He, would, he would be... He would be the mantra moving forward of yes. what Haas is and what it was always meant he to be. He ornament is. of And then... We could just take we take Mick into the future, and then Kevin he's he's just around for a good time. Yeah, you know what okay. I mean. Okay, gotcha. So I'm just mixing it up a little bit, but yeah. I think that that would also work. Yeah. Do F1 cars ever have hood, or, good. hood ornaments? Uh, Make a nice little Gunter hood ornament. Yeah, the spirit just of the air tube with like the wings. Front of a, yeah. <laughs> um, we drink a lot of liquid death. We I don't do. know. If, We've said that on the podcast. I don't know if we have audibly. But we drink enough. Do they make kegs? <laughs> oh, good idea. Is that a good product idea for liquid death or what? That is. And we could hang it from the ceiling, a big golden keg. And just have funnels into our hats, Wait, into our we, mouths. Why don't we just make it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's get a keg and fill it full of seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> seltzer, especially, of all things. Yeah, we'll hang it from the ceiling in front of us. Keg mountain spring water. Yeah. Refreshing. It would. I mean, it's an aluminum can. I mean, I thought it was a good idea. Yeah, better for the yeah, environment. Explain it. Okay, well, sorry. Anyways. <laughs> okay, Liquid Death, you have our <laughs> contact info. 
we will sell you that idea for a sponsorship package. Ooh, for Haas. For Haas. Hardball. <laughs> Ooh. Can you imagine the Liquid Death logo on the Haas car? Is there a better sponsor for the Haas car? I uh, mean, Rich Energy can step aside. Yeah, and we get a real actual rich death metal oh my gosh. livery on a Formula One car. Oh, right. That's really good. Okay. We know what our future goal is. <laughs> and an yeah. enormous golden liquid death keg in the paddock. Yes. Ugh. If Red Bull really wanted to see a rival in the pit lane, it would be liquid death. Yeah, that is a great idea. That okay. would bring the drink game at another level. Yes. And what else? It's just water. It's just water. Don't be afraid. I see these drivers who are sponsored by Monster or Red Bull drinking out of branded Red Bull or like Monster water bottles and stuff. And I think every time I'm like, there's not an energy drink in there. No. Yeah. That's water. They would not compromise their body. Yeah, they would not touch that. This is actually probably one of my favorite things about NASCAR drivers is that they'll like get out of the car and do like a post-race interview and they're like, just like slurping a Coke and it just, it makes me sick. Oh my God. This is the last thing I'd want the to be sound, drinking. The sound of, yeah. Yeah. On an empty, hot stomach. Yeah. And it's just like, Coke. you can tell that that like 7-Eleven bottled Coke, it's not been in a fridge. It's yeah. not condensating yeah. at all. Yeah. It's just they're not enjoying that. No, but they're just getting that contract. Fulfilled. But Liquid Death would not be a liar because they have the just basic water. It's just yeah. water, and yeah. you'd be like, "Yeah, he's drinking that water. Yeah, yeah that's healthy. I'm for it." Quick <sighs> side note to that: at the the winner of the Indy 500 drinks milk. You knew that, Mike. Yes, yeah, that's Can a tradition. Can you imagine doing that, Parker? Wait. At the end? Yeah, yep. it's like a tradition. You just raced 500 laps <laughs> in the dead of summer and you get out and chug a thing of milk. <laughs> Wait. Okay, Mike, go. So it is a tradition that goes very far back, but yeah. When okay. milk was the healthy thing after running a marathon. <laughs> it was it's not quite 500 were... laps, but it is 500 miles. That's insane. But just they... some hot, hot milk. <laughs> yeah, you get the wreath. You get the victor's laurel wreath that they wrap you in. They have a glass, old school, traditional glass thing of milk. Same glass, never washed. Yeah, they just re-filter that puppy. They reheat it and <laughs> you drink it down. <laughs> and then it, also Indy 500 tradition is to like drink some of it and then you just pour that all over yourself. Yeah. So Milk. Milk. I just can't think of pouring milk on yourself as being a pleasant thing to do. Yeah, you're all sweaty inside your race suit. Yeah. And then you probably sell that race suit on eBay. Unwashed. <laughs> yeah. It just smells just sour. Stank. <laughs> uh, race suit stank. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, Mixed with some, sour milk. There's some trivia. Yeah. If Danny gets into IndyCar, he will do a shoey with oh. milk. Oh. The man. He. The only reason I want him to go to IndyCar now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to witness this. Yeah, you do. Uh, it okay. just comes out curdled immediately. Yeah. It's just oh cheese. Oh, my gosh. Shifting gears, thankfully. There's a lot of news that's going around that people hate Americans. <laughs> they do. They I don't really know if that's do. the way to start. Um, I don't even know what's going on. I just feel Col Colton heard his name being thrown around a lot and right. Zach Brown is getting mad at things. Yes. Is that a good He's way not to the put only the, one. the news? Yeah. I mean, essentially, look. What's going Mike, what's going <laughs> look, on? Look. Look. The super license. We need to get into the nitty gritty details here, but Basically, Alpha Tauri wanted to hire Colton Herta, who is a young up-and-comer in IndyCar. 
because he's American. American kid. He's done real well. Yeah, and he spent his first season in IndyCar kind of on like a very B-grade team as mm-hmm. for his rookie season. And then he got signed to Andretti mm-hmm. uh, and moved up to a better team, got a sponsor, was a lot more competitive, won a few races, mm-hmm. has really been a notable person and a notable driver that's really climbing the ranks. IndyCar is really difficult. It's, you know, it's not the easiest sport and mistakes, a small one can cost you big time, right? Mm -hmm. And so he has not, he didn't finish high enough in the standings for the FIA to recognize him as somebody to qualify for an FIA super license. And that's the weird part of the criteria. What the? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that's interesting about this is that for the record and in history, a lot of the way that people came into F1 is through the European formulas, right? And yeah. so that's kind of the traditional trajectory. But something that they were experiencing was that people were able to buy their way into the sport. So billionaire boys, mm-hmm. but they didn't have any driving experience. So these guys were coming in and they were sketchy. Nicholas Latifi. Right, so they're causing accidents. They're driving a car that is the most complicated, sophisticated thing in the world. Nikita Mazepin. Right, and it's just dangerous because <laughs> they don't have any business being there. Uh-huh. So, uh, well, and and so to basically fend off billionaire boys who had no experience, which is different, uh, you know, from Latifi and Mazepin and some of these other guys. Yeah. They decided to create something called super license points. When is this happening? What era year i actually don't know the figure there but i believe this started somewhere in the 90s okay so billionaires were actually just like kind of hopping in a seat and hoping to drive they wanted to be able to get their spot in the sport and go so that's race even crazier than what i thought so they w- were desperate to do that and the fia had to put an end to it because it was dangerous so super license points was invented to basically fend off people buying a spot and literally having no qualifications mm-hmm. in this case it's sort of like what was the rule invented for? Yeah, to tell someone from America who's in a premier top tier sport over here and is a competitive race winner that he doesn't qualify for the European, not equivalent, but a European open wheel race car. And is this because people that are doing well in American motorsport aren't getting as many points as somebody who's doing well in European autosport? Right. So in in the way that it works as far as like the recognition for an IndyCar driver is that you have to place somewhere in the championship that of note to be able to qualify for the amount of super license points. And how does that compare to European motorsport? It's just time and laps for them. And again, the Indy circuit and the Indy calendar does include both ovals and road courses. Oh, that is super dumb. And so the Indy ovals don't count towards the super license because they don't race on anything like it in formula one so the only thing that works for it is like their race in nashville long beach and all the kind of road course slash street courses that they have on the calendar which would be like impossible for one of these guys to achieve basically all those points it's going to take years and so this sparked quite the controversy because colton herda is clearly qualified he's done practice sessions with mclaren he's being sought after by Red Bull for their B team, the Alpha Alpha Tauri family, which was then going to put Pierre Gasly at Alpine, which you might have heard. And if this is the first time, that is kind of the trajectory. Here's kind of a few quotes that surrounded this because 
basically the FIA announced an official, you aren't going to get him to Red Bull saying this is, this is off the table. He's not going to have enough He's points. so dangerous. He doesn't know his way around a race car. Right. Latifi qualifies, but Colton Herta does not. Yeah. Time to change the rule. Well, yeah. And the reaction from at least the American presence in the sport was not quiet and quite angry. So Zach Brown, as you mentioned, was one of the people who kind of threw a fit. And one of the things that he said was, if someone like Colton Herta, who's won a lot of IndyCar races, isn't eligible for a super license then I think we need to review the super license system. Yeah. Which is really straightforward. Alexander Rossi, who is a former Red Bull junior and is a kind of a top tier IndyCar driver, uh, posted on Twitter and he screenshotted his notes in, on his phone because he had more to say than a Twitter would allow. Uh, he said, I've kept my mouth shut long enough. I'm so sick and tired of this back and forth regarding super license points. The whole premise of it was to keep people from buying their way into F1 and allowing talent to be the motivating factor. That's great. We all agree that Colton has the talent and capability to be an F1. That's also great, and he should get that opportunity if it's offered to him, period. Motorsport still remains as the most high-profile sport in the world where money can outweigh talent. What is disappointing, and in my opinion, the fundamental problem, is that the sporting element so often took a backseat to the business side that there had to be a method put in place in order for certain teams to stop taking drivers solely based on their financial backing. Ultimately, these past decisions, whether out of greed or necessity, is what cost Colton the opportunity to make the decision for himself as to if he wanted to alter career paths and race in F1, not points on a license. Well put. Very, very heavy. And then last one was Graham Rahal, who said... Who's this guy? Graham Rahal is a uh, IndyCar kind of... Another IndyCar Yeah, another IndyCar driver and former competitor. He says, F1 is an elitist sport. They don't want us. Remember that. They want U.S. companies' money. They want wealthy U.S. individuals' money. But they don't care about the rest. Always has been that way, and it always will be. Mm. So Graham Rahal, (laughs) he probably held back the least out of Mm. everybody in his anger. But one of the things that I feel like I, I have to respect about Alexander Rossi is he was on path with Red Bull to be an F1 driver. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't quite make it all the way there. And here he is, an IndyCar driver with a younger kid who's climbing the ranks and racing hard against him. And he's fighting for him. Mm-hmm. He's like, give him his shot. Cool. And I think that that says a lot about both Alexander Rossi and how much the IndyCar world cares to prove that their drivers are worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, it just seemed like this was kind of a bad call. And I feel like as Americans, yeah. it's our job to sort of be like, yeah, that was lame. Mm. What's the point? What's the point of this if it doesn't allow a, <laughs> I'm going to use a term from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, but a bona fide race car driver from being an F1 driver. Yeah. Didn't you also mention another Zach Brown quote, I think in our group chat about how under this system, Kimmy and Max wouldn't have been allowed as a driver. Yeah. That is the other point is yeah. that- Kimmy had not had enough seat time to qualify for a super license. <sighs> and Max was also not fully qualified. And so why are, why did they get in? They were shoot in? Just because they're European. I mean, that's literally the only reason I can think. Holy cow. Interesting, yeah. This is like, this is, is it as cut and dry as you're making it sound? It's almost like there isn't another explanation. Wow. That's really wild. Pretty insane. Yeah. It seems like simple. It's like, don't stick to your guns on this one. You created a system to solve a problem. You solve the problem. And now 
it's causing yeah. problems. Right. Fix the system. Right. So what is the response? The response was just nothing. It's over. And so Red Bull called off the negotiations. It's over. Wow. So it's over for Colton Herta this year. Yeah. And so the rumor is right now is that Alpha Tauri is looking to potentially steal Nick DeVries after his amazing debut at Monza and move Pierre to Alpine. Mm. Dude, this uh, that sucks. It's really lame. That is a sucky situation. And I feel like I speak on behalf of maybe all of us that I'm not in a position to be like, I'm so keen on just getting an American driver in the sport. Mm. I really would just love to see the best drivers competing for these spots. Yeah. It, it just the reason that this is upsetting is because it's not equal. Yeah. It should be equal. Yeah. Well, more reason to root for Haas, yeah, the American exactly. team. If you're rooting for another team, you're stupid. <laughs> it's that simple. I was going to say you're a traitor, but that works too. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's bizarre. I, I was thinking as we were talking about it, every, I think every, almost every national basketball team is owned by a billionaire. Yeah. You know, they buy their way. But then they don't then go onto the court and want to play with the team during the game. Right. It's bizarre that during the 90s and even now there's still billionaires being like, I can be a driver. And there's a system put in place to stop that from happening. Like Jay-Z helped buy the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Can you imagine him trying to get on the court and play right now? Yeah, yeah. like, nah, I got this. <laughs> nah. Nah, man, I got Step this. Step aside. <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's just doing that while he's bouncing the ball. He's like, yeah, good job. I guarantee Jay-Z is not a very good athlete. No. This That's did happen, by the way, though. This did happen at one point, but the only person to really succeed, successfully do this was Michael Jordan. And it wasn't successful. It was with the Wizards, if you guys remember. He, he bought his way onto the wizard, yeah. Wizards. Well, he made his money from being the best the basketball best, player in the world. Right. A little and different. Then, <laughs> so this is like Lewis Hamilton starting a racing team yeah. with his own budget yeah. afterwards and then coming back. <laughs> but it, I do remember there being some ownership yeah. and a player on the court. That's true. Well, that's a dumb situation. <laughs> Are you talking about Colton Herta or Michael Jordan buying the Wizards? <laughs> hey, I'll leave that up to the listeners. Yeah, both I didn't probably know Parker qualify. was so invested in the NBA. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, yeah, He's I love basketball. Right yeah, that's crazy. I did uh, have another question that we can get into before our main listener question. So that goes along with IndyCar, and this comes in from a listener named Matthew. And he said, well, he asked, how would a Formula One car do like a Formula One car versus an Indy car on an Indy track? Okay. Yeah. So on an oval or just like the same track? Let's see. Like quick answer. What do you think? So I actually know a statistic. Because they're both almost the same speed. They both have a similar top speed. Yes. Yeah. But if you drive an Indy car, could you really handle an F1 car? Uh, it's a, a well, well-timed question. But I hear that. And I'm like, if you put an F1 car and an Indy car in front of somebody who's not mm. a, a super fan of motorsport, are they going to tell the difference? No. Not a chance. Mm. Right. But they're like, hmm, no. That just yeah. highlights how absurd <laughs> that rule is. Right. And the major differences between the two is that the Indy car is built to be more of the driver's series. Where the Formula One car is meant to be both, right? 
constructor and driver. So at Coda, Circuit of the Americas in yeah. Austin, a Formula One car is 11 seconds quicker than an Indy car. That's, That's huge. That's a margin. That's an enormous margin for race cars. Yeah. But the difference is, is that a Formula One car has the $200 million cost cap for a mm. budget of development where a IndyCar is $200,000 for a chassis, wow. $150,000 for an engine. Interesting. And there's yeah. no development from there. It's wow. just set up. And so the differences that you experience between the two cars is that one is developed to go mm. 11 seconds faster. Yeah, okay. okay. But they're still pretty quick, but... Could you pare it down to just say, like, it really is cash and development that's the big difference? Right. Well, and I uh, right now, IndyCar is a turbocharged V6, maybe even twin tur turbocharged V6, non-hybrid. Oh. So they don't have the extra horsepower that comes from the electrical mm -hmm. unit that F1 has. Um, but they have stepped away from the V8 and done something that is force induction V6. So does IndyCar race at... Coda, circuit of the Austins. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, then that, that's a pretty interesting metric. They can pretty much know side by side which is faster. Right. And NASCAR is a lot slower. It's like a minute slower. <laughs> <laughs> it's an NASCAR, insanely NASCAR different. NASCAR is a whole monster of itself. Yeah, it's, it weighs almost four times as much yeah. as a Formula One car. Really? They're yeah, built to bump insane. into each other. Yeah. Huh? They're literally just a big, a big dumb car. I love it. They're clumsy going around road courses, and that's why it's fun to watch. They're clumsy going around the circle. <laughs> that's why. Just, I love watching NASCAR, and it's like, okay, they're going around the corner. Everything's fine. One of them just loses the back slowly. <laughs> just like, oh, no. Just, just smoking up. <laughs> they were just turning. Yeah. <laughs> and then just gets wrecked into the wall. And it's like, oh, there goes one. Yeah. The and then the physics all go strikes again. What a fun race. Oh, it was actually even bigger gap. It's yeah. 14 seconds. Wow. So, well, that was a good question. Yeah. Um, thanks for sending that question. Yeah. Everybody here got the host boys in the house. We're looking up the listener question, taking all these listener suggestions. Hey, host boys, it's Greg Meelan. Okay, I actually need to start. <laughs> we have a new guy writing in. I've never heard from this guy before. And it's a wonderful email. His name is Greg. Greg. He What's says, up, Greg? Hey, Haas boys. I am the number one Haas fan in all of New Jersey and probably the biggest Haas fan in the entire tri state area. Yo, yeah. Greg! That's what we like to hear. New Jersey, New Delaware, York. Rhode Island, <laughs> Virginia, New York, no, New Pennsylvania, Jersey and Philadelphia. Uh, no, it's uh, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, actually. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Tri state area. Big Haas fan. Repping the East Coast. Is there a tri-state on our side and would it be Utah, California, Nevada? <laughs> no. I or is think it California, Nevada, Arizona? I think we have the four corners. We're the quad state yeah. with Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. Okay, I like that. Yeah. He goes on to say, I am also in my final year of law school. Oh. Brag. <laughs> Greg, we, Greg, we love you. Thanks for writing in. I mean, yeah, he could be an actual good resource for future things. Yes. Yeah. My question for you guys is what are some of the most notable legal disputes in Formula One history? The only one I am aware of is this year when Miami residents sued to stop the Miami Grand Prix from taking place. 
Thanks for the podcast, Greg. Well, thank you for the question. Great question. It is a great question. And we might need to call you on for some more legal matters if we need. We've had a few licensing disputes with the Tolkien Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah. It started when our writers went on strike. Which is why we went to Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, so we, we might need to clear our name a little there. We've been getting yeah. a lot of emails from George Lucas. He is not happy. He's not. He wants ownership back. So <laughs> he wants to write more prequels. He wants to write a prequel to the podcast. Right. Yeah. And you know what he said? What? He's like, all is forgiven if you just let me on the podcast. We're not going to let that guy on. We're not going to let that guy on. And it's like, we like the movies. Like, I we have don't... a bunch of characters. <laughs> that I, I think... can do them on the show. <laughs> and we're like, I will pay the million. We're like, we need it. We need a legal team to yeah. get this guy off our back he's like he's like i the first time that i made star wars <laughs> i didn't have the capabilities that i wanted <laughs> to really make them you guys what is it with directors they make some amazing trilogy then they want to go back and do another trilogy all in cgi yeah, <laughs> yeah. why is it that happened yeah. multiple times yeah. it's insane if you're listening peter jackson <laughs> i think they just get the money and they're just like I can do this without leaving my house. <laughs> and then some intern's like showing him what a computer is. And he's yeah. like, does everyone know about this? <laughs> does George know about this? Uh, and yeah, he's just like, oh, we can hire just 10,000 animators from all over the world and I can just call them from home. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Brilliant. Directors. Work from home. So Mike, tell us about legal disputes in Formula One. Do you know of any... Well, so here's the thing that's interesting about like legal complexity. The sport is a legal complexity. And so the rules themselves are oh. treated as laws. Mm, and yeah. so when things go south or you break a rule, it's technically a legal battle if you, de if you decide to dispute it. Like in court? Yep. Wait, what? So if you want to go Did against you know a I didn't. penalty or a ruling they will literally dispute it in court. Wait, so are you saying that the guy, like the rules that are occurring on the track are laws? Essentially recognized okay, as such. what? We got to get into that. It's pretty wild, but you want to hear, so there's a couple of things that are interesting about that, but the reason that there is, and, and to kind of play this a little bit into something that just happened, is Oscar Piastri. Mm. So they had the recognition, the contract recognition board, review his agreement with Alpine and review his agreement with McLaren. I mean, contracts are legally binding. Right. Yeah. And so they had to go through the board to basically give, to grant who is the team that wins Oscar Piastri in this legal battle. Hmm. And so there are these groups that are in place by the FIA to hmm. basically keep the teams in line. And a lot of these teams, one of the things that's really interesting and to kind of play into another great story, this goes back to something that we've briefly talked about in the past, but one of my favorite stories is Gordon Murray, who was the aerodynamicist for Brabham. Mm. Is that a word? Aerodynamicist? <laughs> yeah. It is. Okay. It is. But is uh, it? <laughs> Google it. Okay. But, I, can't, uh, I can't spell that. Google. He was the aerodynamicist for Brabham. And Brabham mm. was... Is that a name? <laughs> it isn't. You're right. No, but Bernie, this was the team that Bernie Eccleston owned. Okay. Yep. And Gordon developed the fan car, the one that had the propeller yeah. on the back. Oh, wow. Okay. You remember that? 
Yeah, we, we were talked talking about, about weird designs. The, yeah. To suck it to the ground. It was so cool. So basically the idea behind this was in the last ground effects era, this car was developed and the whole idea of the car was to use that propeller on the back of the car to generate more downforce by basically creating a vacuum that sucked the air out from underneath the car and then ground effects more grip all the way down Holy to the ground. Holy crap, that's the coolest. And so, but the rule book said that the primary function of any aerodynamic component on the car couldn't move. Mm. And so Gordon went to the legal team at Brabham and pulled the lawyer aside and said, what is primary function? Define that. Ooh, this is very legal. Thing. Yes. And so the entire sport is legal. But My girlfriend is at law school and... I feel like I should be paying attention more <laughs> yeah. so I could like take her knowledge and apply it to this conversation. Right. She would love this conversation. Yeah, she's our next guest. Yeah. That? <laughs> so that means though, he comes back and he says, well, primary function means that it's more than 60% of its job. Right? So oh, yeah. Gordon Murray says, okay, well, let me look at this. So if I put a fan on the back of the car and it cools the radiator... And it's its primary function. And 40% of it is sucking it to the ground. But 60% of it is cooling the radiator. <laughs> then it passes the rules. And he says, that passes. This Genius. is amazing. And then he developed the car and they couldn't, they couldn't illegalize it because it was within the rules. Genius. Mm. And so the, the legal complexities of Formula One, the rule book is the law. And yeah. so in order to dispute it, you have to dispute it legally like you would any other court case. I love this. Yeah, this is fascinating. I'm, yeah. Um, so what cases can you cite that went to court? So one that was really ugly, and this is one of my favorite stories You're blowing all my time. mind right now, <laughs> yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. I had like, no clue I'm about happy this. that Greg asked this question because we didn't ever think to ask law questions. Yeah. Right. And this is just a whole other fascinating side of it. Crazy. Do they call it formula law? Right. It, it should be. That's a great <laughs> Netflix series. The law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> formula Bob, attorney at law. <laughs> Bob, blah, blah. Formula blah. Attorney at law. Formula law. <laughs> Formula, <laughs> formula, blah blah blah. Yeah, blah blog. One of my favorite issues, controversies <laughs> that turned into a legal battle in Formula One was in 2007. Now we've covered a lot of 2007 on this podcast, but believe it or not, there's a huge part of this that we've left out. So yeah. 2007 is the year that Kimi Raikkonen won the championship for Ferrari, the okay. last Ferrari world champion. But he was competing against Alonso and Lewis, who were at McLaren. But there's a piece of that story that we have swept under the rug for a long time and we're going to cover it. <gasps> He's been keeping this one dun, 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 dun. in my back pocket. This story is called Spygate. And I know the like gate thing is, yeah. is overplayed, but this one's called but not Spygate. not in 2007 it was. No, 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 it was like still fresh. Right yeah. after Watergate. Still cool. <laughs> right after. <laughs> yeah. Still cool. <laughs> so McLaren was caught with actual technical data from Ferrari and that there was an exchange of money from McLaren to Ferrari employees. Oh. <gasps> to acquire technical data. <laughs> this is actually, yeah, kind of sketch. This is awesome. <laughs> and so it's industrial espionage is yeah. what it falls under. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And 
that wow that IP and that technical information was obtained by McLaren to try to get at their rivals, which was at the time Ferrari. Yeah, they were caught, and Ron Dennis was fined. McLaren and Ron Dennis was fined. One hundred million dollars. Jeez, for this, Bernie and, just raking it in. And that was the FIA. Jeez, and here's one of my favorite quotes ever. The FIA was quoted asking, "Why a hundred million dollars?" And their answer was five million for breaking the rules and ninety-five million because Ron Dennis is a twat. <laughs> It's a legit Bernie, quote. They, Bernie said that? No, that, what are the guys on the FIA board? They are just their own ruling body. Wow. What is this? They hated Ron and couldn't stand him for this. Wait, they just sat back and they're like, how much? 100 million. Yep. <laughs> Let it rip. <laughs> Let it rip. That is To this day, bonkers. it is still the largest fine ever handed out by a sport to anybody. I was going to say, across all sports. Across all sports. For that incident. For this incident. Wait, we hold the record in yep. 2007 for the highest ever sports fine. Yep. And it's because they didn't like the guy. Because they hated him. <laughs> okay, so can we dig a little deeper really quick? Well, here's where this gets even better. Renault gets caught. With the same data from <laughs> Ferrari. No. Who was the guy at Ferrari releasing this info? Uh, his yeah. name. Was Benotto? His name. <laughs> his name was Benogo <laughs> Mafia. <laughs> no relation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Benotto with a mustache. Yeah, the like mustache glasses. <laughs> yeah, he's just the Pink Panther version of Benotto. Uh, but his name was Nigel Stepney. So legit, like a spy selling secrets. He was selling Ferrari's information. Ferrari didn't want him to do that. No, and obviously, eventually, he was. Usually, the Italians are very sharing of like their things, and they love (laughs) people knowing their their expertise and their secrets. Yeah, special sauces. Yeah, pastas. But uh, they, it was brutal. So Renault got caught. But here's the best part: no penalty for Renault. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up! Nothing at all. And what ended up happening is oh that McLaren gosh. was McLaren was actually thrown out of the constructors championship. They weren't allowed to compete Fine for constructors and like kind of like disqualified. Correct. And Lewis and Alonso they said were immune because they were driving. They had nothing to do with this. Of course they didn't. Lewis and they, is perfect. <laughs> My team broke the rules, but I didn't steal ride. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. The fundamental part of this that's so amazing to me, though, is that Ron Dennis gets a $100 million fine uh-huh. in McLaren. Yeah. They throw the constructor out of the championship. The two drivers get to still compete. Renault gets caught with the same thing. No punishment. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I understand, they lessened a lot of the blow later on because Ron turned over more evidence that threw more teams under the bus. Really? So it seems as though that Ron might have been the orchestrator of this data floating around in the paddock. Gotcha. And was maybe the one who kind of was paying Nigel. So he got caught, was fined, thrown out of the Constructors' Championship, and then he eventually turned and was like a narc on everyone else. Like he started working state's witness for the FIA. (laughs) He's like, $100 million? Are you serious? I'll here's rat a, on anybody. Yeah, here's a bunch of other idiots <laughs> doing the same thing. Oh wow! And so this is one of the. This is probably the largest controversy 
in the sports history because again we talked about it also the largest fine <laughs> ever handed out in sports and so huge deal outside of things like this like this instance there are a few others where there was like intentional crashes intentional like stalls mm. during qualifying mm. things like alonzo did to lewis in 2007 where he like parked it and stuff yeah. like that those are other issues there have been other legal problems for drivers that were driving in the sport outside mm. of the sport where yeah. they were in legal trouble but for the most part one of the most iconic by far was ron yeah. dennis and mclaren that's amazing and the data theft so here's my question the fia decided on that fine right no court decided on that fine no that's where i'd like to see if we can draw a line mclaren paid that to stay in the sport right did they have to pay that or is it like pay that or go to jail because it sounds like it was just pay this or you're out of the sport but they could have just left and they ha and have no actual legal consequences okay, that's a good question where is this court stuff and where is this just standards right. body stuff i do believe that there so three of the staff members at mclaren were all forced to pay penalties as well nigel was sentenced to time in prison in italy for this for this okay he went to he went to straight up prison because of industrial espionage a which is a, you do not which cross is, Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. especially but what we've Italy. talked about with Ferrari. You do not cross yeah. the Godfather. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't turn your back on the family. Come closer. And then he went to jail and <laughs> was never heard from again. No, it, <laughs> actually, someone that we've talked about in the past, Patty Lowe, among three of the people at McLaren that had to pay over a hundred thousand euros in a fine for their part that they played in the data exchange. There are legal implications for some of these people, but I do think that like, given the way that this is handed out, there's enough money going around that no one actually has to serve time. Yeah. One thing that was interesting about the amount of money that they required is that I don't believe they forced him to pay it, but the way that it was calculated was that they removed it in their payment to them for the world championship that year. Oh, gotcha. So McLaren placing first or second place with Ferrari in the championship would have been a payout of hundreds of millions of dollars. They took a hundred million dollars out of it. Okay. Wow. I'm curious about these, these other things that go to court, actual proper countries court. Right. And uh, there was some of that with Bernie. There was, right. there was a lot of this crap that went on between him and that original governing body That's as right. he was slowly taking over F1 as a whole right. that they were going to court over this and that. And uh, if anybody's interested, you can refer back to our Bernie Ecclestone episode because right. I think we got into that into some detail. Right. Um, any other cases, things that got decided once and for all kind of in F1 yeah, in mean, court. I think that like the other ones that come down to it are going to be driver signings. Very similar to what the Oscar Piastri deal was. The last time that that took place was over Michael Schumacher. Okay. So when Michael came into the sport, he drove for Camel. He, no, he's Sprite. <laughs> he's Sprite. Yeah, Seven Up. I think I'm it was trying to car. that car. Yeah, yeah. he had. Uh, he drove for Jordan. And he got a one race opportunity to come in and, and drive. And then the next season he got a seat, mm. but his seat was with Benetton. And the challenge here was that Jordan was claiming that they had a contract, that he was signed. He was the driver, that mm -hmm. there was no way that he was going to Benetton and Benetton won that battle. Gotcha. And Michael ended up driving for Benetton and winning a championship for them. 
And so that was the last time that a driver dispute contractually went to court. And then here we are in 2022 and Oscar Piastri is making the same fuss. One of the things that I love about this right now is that I'm like, could there be any more pressure that we're putting on a new driver? Yeah. Than being like, hey, the last time we went to court over somebody was Michael Schumacher. So you better freaking perform, buddy. <laughs> right. And you're taking Daniel Ricardo's seat. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. most beloved driver right now. Yeah, most popular dude in the sport. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's very interesting. Yeah. I bet like if a driver purposefully crashed into another driver and injured them or killed them, there would be very hard real world legal implications. Right. Right. Well, isn't isn't like manslaughter a thing all over the world? Like murder is wrong (laughs) everywhere, right? Right. (laughs) Not in Italy. Not Not in Italy. If you've got a good reason. Not if you trade Ferrari secrets in Italy. Yeah, yeah. As long as you have a good reason. But actually, as a real quick note there, that's something that Michael was accused of regularly. Killing? Killing people? No, no. (laughs) Manslaughter. (laughs) Michael Schumacher. Not the second part. First part. Manslaughter. Michael Schumacher ran into people for championship implications all the time. Really? This was like his signature move. Really? Oh yeah. And it, it did get him completely disqualified from I championship. I thought every seven really? time world champion was a squeaky clean gentleman driver. That's weird. This is news. <laughs> weird how those don't go together. <laughs> I I didn't know that. I want to look up clips now. Yeah, he ran into Damon Hill. He ran into Jacques Villeneuve. He wow. parked it when Alonzo was on a hot flying lap. I mean, uh, during qualifying I mean, to try to keep him from getting pull. Like there was a lot of times that Michael gotta, pulled some real lame fast ones. But like anything to win a championship, like work within those rules yeah. and win a championship, man. If the guy who's competing in the championship with you comes around the outside, mm-hmm. suddenly you don't know how to keep the car to the right anymore. Yeah. There's no specific instance for It's this, easy to win a race when your competitor's in the hospital. <laughs> oh, Silverstone. <laughs> <laughs> well on that note yeah i think that's great yeah thanks mike for enlightening us yeah thanks, i mean greg. and greg for yeah, the thank question. you greg that was a great question and a new questioner new greg the listener in new jersey yeah thank you yeah if you have your own question uh please send it in hostboys at gmail.com dos dos hosboys at gmail.com host.boys on instagram send us questions uh we love hearing them we love hearing from fans even if you don't have a question yeah i mean are we still open to some drunk messages yeah please if you sober as well i think we're being a little too specific here send us any video message it's getting not any video message Uh, it's getting colder. It's getting colder here. The Western Hemisphere is getting a little colder. Northern. Maybe people are... The Northwestern Hemisphere <laughs> is getting a little colder. Maybe people are going to be drinky, drinky a little more. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to That pretend, pumpkin spice latte is right. that Irish coffee suddenly. That's what we're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you understand that. Yeah. You, you want somebody to talk to, make it us. Yeah. Just sure. message us. We love it. Yeah, we're ready. We're, our inbox is open. Yeah, and I think, uh, I know we're going to be recording podcasts hopefully through to the end of the season. There might be a few other episodes where one of us is gone and we might need some new listeners to be a short guest. Uh, I think we had Sir Wallace, a new guy that we met through drunk messages. So <laughs> send us a message, <laughs> let a us know, incident. and then maybe you might get on as a guest. We'd love to hear from more fans. So. Send a message, get discovered. Get discovered. <laughs> 
Sir Wallace is now the spokesperson for trains. For trains. All of trains in England. <laughs> the UK has his face on every train now. Yeah. Like a Thomas the Tank Engine sculpture on every train. I would love that. I so, would move to the UK. He's got the face for it. Yeah, he does. He does. Thank you again, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That's one small podcast. Just like slurping a Coke, it makes me sick. <laughs>